Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Stone Genius Podcast. My name's Ro, I'm the Stone Genius. You know me, I'm often stoned, I'm always a genius. I am not stoned right now because I have had challenges with my friend Mary Jane tonight. I mean, they're all self-inflicted, all my my fault, but uh, faults nonetheless. So uh, we have... I have one of my favorite guests, one of the the people that I enjoy talking to the most over the past year. Um, we got things to talk about. Welcome back to the program, Tim Lytell. Hey, thank you for having me back. And we got things to so uh, got all kinds of things to talk about on this episode. We for do. Sure. So, um, and, but and yes. I, Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm always so glad that you're here and I'm glad that you continue to come back. So for the audience that doesn't, because they wouldn't know this is Tim and I recorded a video episode that I think was about over three hours long. That was very, very good. And then it didn't take, I mean, the audio never showed up. I go through, I won't even mention the company. It's logoed. If you ever see it, uh, videos of ours, but for some reason, uh, the audio tracks never showed up, and it was the one night where I forgot to hit record on my soundboard because usually I, I I do that because a lot of times for Spotify, I don't do the video. I, I really do the right. videos just for the clips, and, but I did it, and so I had absolutely no audio. And, I mean, Bobby will tell you I was devastated after that i mean i in fact i think that was part of the 10 days that i didn't do a podcast and that had something to do so so i'm glad that you came back because it was a wonderful talk we may get to that uh at some point but i think we got something more important to talk about that involves you and a man baby Oh yeah. So that, I mean, that is why I first came on the stone genius was my movie man, baby, which I sent to you. You graciously, graciously, uh, watched it on Tubi, right? Yes, It was already on Tubi. And, uh, I was so happy that you liked it and you wanted to have me on to talk about it and you really liked it and you talked it up and you, you, you've been such a great supporter of the movie and it's, it's really been wonderful. And, uh, you know, when we, before 2B, we showed the movie in some theaters. We had some theater dates. Right. And that was great. Uh, that was back in 2022. Now it's 2024. And I had all, I always wanted to show this movie in New York because right. I went to college in New York. I lived in New York for a couple of years. Um, I got, you know, chosen family in New York. Uh, you know, I feel like it's the best New York type city. of family, by the way. Yes. I, I feel like I grew up in New York in a lot of ways, you know, there was a lot of growing up that I did in New York. So it, it doesn't feel like home, but it feels like a, you know, very like kind of homey place to right. me. And so I have the opportunity now for, and I had always wanted to screen it in New York, but I, there was never the right time. And, um, but now I have the opportunity to screen it in the big apple in New York city in, in Brooklyn. And, uh, I'm so excited. It's going to, uh, and, and so when I got this news, hold on one second, here, something just happened yeah. to your audio. It went a little sideways there. I think you're back. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It, it just echoed a little. So, so you were just talking about New York. I think we could hear it. It just went sideways. So I just, but now, yeah. now you're back. Okay. You're good. Am I back? Am I good? Yes. I'm on my, I'm on my phone. I'm in, I'm in New Orleans right, right now. As I, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm traveling. Uh, there was a death in my family. And, uh, so I'm back in, I'm in my parents' house, uh, as I'm, as I'm doing this call right now. And, uh, well, I, I am sorry about the, 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 the death in your family. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big one too. This is, we'll get to that. We'll get to okay. that. We can talk to that, but I, but getting back to man, baby, uh, I had, we had the opportunity to screen man, baby in April, uh, in New York. And when I heard that I could screen it, uh, in April, I was talking to the guy and he suggested 420. He, he suggested that would be the right time to, to screen man, baby. Right. You know, the, the stoners holiday. And then I immediately thought of you. I thought of the Stone Genius podcast, and I said, "Oh my God, this is this this could be really cool." To uh, you know, because because you had you had wanted to do a man baby screening in in Northern Park, yeah, I did, which I think would have been amazing. That would have been so much but fun. But I'm going to tell you, it's um, going to be better in New York City. I mean, I I do well, I do enjoy Kansas City, but I will right. tell you that I am I am looking forward to this. I'm excited. So, the, so this is where we have we have to announce it right now that the Stone Genius and Man Baby will be joining forces live in person in Brooklyn uh, on 420, like a special stoned, the special stone screening. Rodney's going to be there. He's going to be moderating, I guess is the word right, or yeah. emceeing, mod- moderating. moderating. And uh, we're going to show the movie. We're going to hopefully have uh, some other crew besides me there. We'll see on that. Um, And uh, we're going to talk about Man Baby. We're going to show it to New York. We're going to see who comes. Uh, It's in uh, in the, uh, not Williamsburg neighborhood, Greenpoint. It's in the Greenpoint neighborhood. So it's close to Williamsburg. So not the, the, the Williamsburg hipsters might not want to make the 15 minute walk uh, oh, up to yeah. Greenpoint, but, oh yeah but uh but hopefully hopefully we'll get some of those hipsters and uh, hopefully we'll get some tickets we're already starting to sell tickets which is nice that the the ticket link is is live so hopefully rodney you can put that in your I description for the podcast yeah. and and people who are listening if they're in the new york area in april uh it's a little ways off right now i don't know when the bottle come out but um but yeah, get your tickets I, I, now. I told, I've told a few, uh, a couple people. Uh, someone I went to to high school with, and has been. He used to be my co-host of my very first show, the Roro Show with Steven, Steven Dolganoff, and he's nice. a award-winning playwright and now Amazon best-selling author for his memoir on his uh, book. It's it's his book's called Thrill Maker. It's about his th- uh, play Thrill Me. But I talked to him and I said. You know, I, I really think you need to come to this. And, you know, of course, two and a half months in advance, everyone's like, yeah, I, yeah. Will, be, I will be there. I, of course, so, of course. But I was excited that uh, Sean Wickens, I've invited him. He is a stoner comedian uh, based in New York City. And when I reached out, so I go, you may not be available because of the date. And he goes, oh, we don't do anything on that date. I was like, really? He goes, well, nice. everyone else does. And so they do it throughout the, like, they do it 364 days a year, and then they Mm -hmm. kind of don't do anything on 420 because everyone that doesn't, (laughs) and you know, it's funny because you, you, I was going to correct you earlier. You had called it the stoner's holiday, and I do believe it kind of started out as that, but I will tell you, every stoner, including myself that I know, when you mention 420, it's just like another day. We don't like. Just another day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, if we're going to take off work to smoke. It doesn't right. matter that it's 420 or it doesn't matter what the date is on the calendar. We will just take it off to smoke. So 
So what what is the origin of that? Are you do you have any concept so of, I, I, of why four twenty? So you know what is that all about? From what I, from the most common story that I have heard, there was a group of either high school kids or college kids, um, stoners in Northern Col- uh, California, in sixties or the seventies, and. They were going to, they were trying to find some pot field that they had heard about. And so after school or after whatever they did separately, they would meet up at 420 every day to go look for weed. And so that's where it became 420. Oh, it came from where, so when people mention it now, it's like, oh, 420, that's what time I'm going to smoke. And that's what they were trying to do. Now, I don't know if that's a true origin story. Ooh, that would be a good uh, segue, and it's we're not going to have an immediate segue, but into the the movie uh, that yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about because a true story or a fictionalized. No, 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 no. A, You don't yeah. even you okay. don't even know you don't you you think you've watched it and you think true story and you're but I'm going I'm gonna I wish I had like a, that's that's the closest I have to a punch. Closest thing you have. I need to have or, something or a head that exploding like, or, a... or yes, I don't ha- I don't have any of those at all. I need, once, yeah, I, and I think it would be fairly easy to find those those things out there. And yeah. I could, would, and should, but I haven't, and I probably won't. That being said, um, I am so excited about the screening. I mean, I think I, me first, too. First me of too. All, I've never been involved, so it's going to be something that is, is interesting. And I, I'm such a champion of the film because right. the the way to catch me when I'm not expecting things. So generally, I have gone through situations, conversations, everything. I've tried to approach it from every different angle. That way, I'm not surprised. Like if I said mm-hmm. something to someone, I would know. Well, how about if they react calmly how about if they react by yelling at me how about if they react violently and how i would respond to each one of those and so so when something catches me off guard which your movie did and Mm -hmm. then i said this on the podcast after talking to you that once i talked to you it even became clear because i didn't understand i don't uh, not what I was getting into necessarily, but when you kind of describe the backstory of how you came up with it and the basis, some of the challenges you had, even on stuff that like the the costumes, maybe not being yeah. as authentic as they should be or something. I mean, that yeah. is because yeah. I, I didn't even, th- I was like, I was thinking of it as just a story, not there actually being a world out there that may interact with this i mean i don't know where diaper i don't i, I whatever <laughs> yes yeah right so right. and so that's yeah. what i loved about your movie is it is it took a turn is that when people ask me when i'll talk about it they'll go well is it a comedy and i'll be like yeah i guess it's a dark comedy i go it's kind of a horror mm-hmm. film too i go it's just depending mm-hmm. on your mm-hmm. on your point of view and that's what i like about mm-hmm. it too is that you know if someone goes uh, what's three amigos? It's it's a comic. I mean, you, you know, you have one answer, and that's the answer, and that you can't say, oh, right. it's a drama. It was a drama. Right. Martin Short's character was just being marginalized from the three. Of, you know, there, 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 there's <laughs> right, none of that right. take on it. So that's what I really yeah. enjoyed about yeah. your movie. And uh, so the thing is, Bobby was uh, May. I 
at this point, Bobby is going to come with me. My my thought Great. is Great. I am hoping to do not just I don't know how much I'll interact like what set up I don't I don't know anything about anything that goes on with your screening and then on top of that I'm going to try to do some podcast stuff and I'm like ah, I don't want to yeah. I don't want to go to New York City with her and leave her by herself so now maybe our youngest may can't come so that they can go traipse around the city or do whatever they will while right. while I'm trying to do. Well, I, so. I invite everyone, everybody who's everybody in the in the in the Roe family and everyone in the the Stone Genius family who's listening. Everybody should come on down. I want to I want to I wanna see lots of butts in the seats. Yeah. So. So. So we'll uh, see. Uh, uh, we'll see. You, but I'm excited. So uh, uh, about what size. So and I don't have an in front in front of me. It's the uh, I want to yeah. say film nor noir. Uh, yeah, it's cin- called the Film Noir Cinema on okay. uh, Meserol Street. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. In, in Greenpoint, 122 Meserol. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Pr- so. pretty pretty small theater. I think it's a 55 seater, 53 seater, um, something like that. I'm I'm not sure. Um, the you know the, like I said, the ticketing web tickets are live, and you can find all that on manbabymovie.com or. You know, if you're following our socials, uh, f- Facebook and Instagram, all that right. link is is there. So if anybody's listening who, who wants to get tickets, it's real easy to find. Just yeah. go to the mandbabymovie.com and, you know, and, you can and buy them from there. And I will tell you this, that even though I, I say that I don't celebrate every uh, 420 so much, every year Bobby and I will talk about, oh, should we go do something? Should we try to find something right. to do? And we right. we never have anything that's like, oh, we should do this. Or, you know, oh, well, that that's happening at a bar at, at this this function. I mean, this is like a once in a lifetime for most people to see a screening like this, be able to stay yes. afterwards and have a Q&A with the, the director and the writer and possibly other members of the cast. I mean, this is this is not I mean, forget 420. I mean, this is going to be a special day anyway. So being able to. Yeah. So it may be something yeah. that incorporated. And, and I will tell you myself. I I understand. I know the climate of marijuana in New York City. Uh, I will say that I'm very excited to spend 420 outside of the greater Kansas City area. Uh, I don't. Right. I don't right. think I have. So legal. Yeah. Yeah. Legal so. pot in in New York State. So you so you can, I, you know, I you cannot smoke indoors in New York. So we won't be smoking. You know, at the screening. Right. But I you know I do invite people to get high and and come to the show. It might add to their enjoyment it might take away i don't know we'll find out like i think that that will be really cool you know i think kind of a, a social experiment in seeing if people want to see this movie in a different way right. because i think well a lot of people you know you talked a lot about how people see different things in this movie you know i i think of this movie man maybe uh you know as an art film i i am trying to make a uh i'm trying to make a smart movie for for stupid people but what I but I but I think actually what happened is I made a kind of a stupid movie for smart people. <laughs> right. I, I think I think the people that like it are kind of usually smart. So I don't know I don't know what that means, but uh, but I will be interested in seeing if people who are altered, you know, enjoy it more. You know, maybe it makes a bigger impact. So we'll see. Have you <clears throat> uh, previous screenings? Have you ever done something like? 
because uh, this is something that I would do as a, a podcast host, like interview people before they've seen it. Have you seen this movie? What do you know about this movie? You know, if they yeah, say no, nothing, we've never done that. Like, we've never why, done that. Why, done why that. the fuck are you here if you don't know anything? I mean, I'm glad that they are because yeah. I didn't know about it at one point. And right. And here's the weird thing is now that I think about it is that movie has changed my life. Because without that wow. movie, you yeah. doing that movie, you and I wouldn't have met. And I, I've mentioned mm -hmm. it before on the podcast and I talk about it with Bobby is I don't I haven't made a lot of friends growing up because I think a lot of times you're forced into a situation. So, you know, you talked about being in New York, having chosen family. And, yes. you know, yes. a lot of times as an adult, you get forced into situations while you may choose the church that you go to or the job that you have or the club that you uh, associate with or the dog park that you go with you don't control those people that come there so sometimes you're yeah. stuck with interacting just because that's the luck of the draw that's who you're stuck with because like the people yep. i work yep. with none of them would i choose to work with so mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. so it's 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 super cool having you because at doing this, I get to choose who I talk to. And then I get yes. to choose who I talk to again and again and again, or, or at least invite back. So I I very much appreciate you, but just know, and it may not have been the intent of you. If you, if you when putting pen to paper or stroking the keys uh, on a word processor when you were when you're writing man baby you you may have thought oh i hope this changes someone's life you probably did not know that it would change someone's life like it did mine because that movie was made i was able to to meet you and interact with you and to me that's a, a great blessing so thank you that's very much. that's amazing yeah. yeah hey i appreciate that you're you're so welcome it's my pleasure it's it's been great to know you like like i said so so uh grateful that you've been such a great supporter of this movie and uh yeah same 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 i mean yeah. same you know uh yeah man baby has definitely changed my life in, in so many ways some you know uh you know yes you and, and so many other people that i've met because of this movie and, right and uh you know and and that's and yes that is why i made the movie you know yeah. so well, very, very thankful. Very I'm grateful. excited. Thank you. So, so all of the information for this screening, which will be on April 20th, which is a Saturday in 2024. Saturday night. Uh, Saturday so, night live. Yeah. So it will be. Uh, and we'll put the address, but I'm. It's one two two Meserole, which I believe is M E S E R O L E Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Um, it looks like a great place. Oh, I'll tell you this also. So I was looking at uh, Google Street, and I, I noticed that right across the street is a tattoo parlor. And so I threw yes. out to you that we could do uh, man baby tattoos. And uh, <laughs> you you were very quick to respond and pass on, on the tattoos. And it's funny because Bobby's like, well, yeah. she goes, would you really get one? And if I go, if I did... And he, I was going to do this as a joke, but I'm going to let it out because I'm just because I probably knowing me, I, I won't do it for some reason, even yeah. if I if I like put that. it on with ink. So for the Temporary. man baby tattoo, yeah. I was going to put awesome. Uh -huh. 
That's the tattoo I was going to get, ASA. Oh, get ASA. Because well, just most, like in the movie. Yes, because it was funny because I knew that was his name. And, and that was one thing I said to Bobby early on. I go, I wonder how they're going to reference that tattoo. So on my arm at the same spot, uh -huh. I, it says Roro. So like if I was not being a no character, kidding. yeah, if okay. I was being a character that wasn't Roro, I would have to uh -huh. just like you. And so I thought that was very smart that you that you were like, okay, this is visible. We should probably reference it because I believe he says it was his grandma's <laughs> name or nickname or something like that in the movie. Yeah, his his it's actually his Baba's name, his grandpa's name. Okay, his, his uh, the the Baba character that he constantly references. So, yeah. yeah. So so that's the one I was gonna get that because I thought that would be even funnier, especially if he that showed up to funny. the screening. Go, oh, I got a man baby, and everyone would be expecting <laughs> you know a man baby with a rattle, and then I would show that. I so that's what I was going yeah, to do. Same. Yeah, well. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was funny when you when you texted me that. That is funny how you you say that I that I did write back pretty quick because yeah, I'm I I will not uh, I will not have any tattoos on my body. What, uh, and why is that? Is it because of regret? <laughs> is it because of religious uh, overtones? Why why it's, will you that, not get inked up? I mean, I get like the simplest answer is I think it would like it would probably kill my mother. <laughs> really. That's the simplest answer, but it would also like kill a little part of me too. I think I, I like I just I I I, I like them on other people for sure. Like I, I think tattoos look really cool uh, on oh, on people. Save. And I, I, I nice save there, Tim. No, I, but it's I mean it's true. I'm I'm definitely I have a uh, voyeur voyeuristic. They look good on you. Uh, no, you sound, you sound exactly like Rodney Dangerfield in the <laughs> in, in the in the uh, pro shop when he's like, "Oh, but it looks good on you." So that's what you're it saying about on you. Yeah, so that's what you're saying about tattoos. Thank you very much. Well, I, no, but I, I I do truly mean it. Like I've I've definitely like I I, I uh, you know one of my one of my big uh, crushes in life, uh, you know who I who I dated for years. Had you know full sleeves on both her arms, and I and I loved it. I thought that was very very sexy. So I it, like I it, I am earnestly saying I think tattoos can be very very sexy. I just do not like them on my body. So it's not for me. The weird thing about me is I had both ears pierced as a guy, a straight guy in 1984. Maybe mm -hmm. eighty five, and that's probably pretty way, different. I back mean, then. I, yeah, I had a lot of people. I mean, I would have girls, and it was different. But they would just be like, "Are you gay?" And I'm like, "No." And they're like, "Well, why two earrings?" I'm like, "Well, why one?" And they were like, "I'm why fine one? with that answer." So, I mean, it, <laughs> so, I mean, it was just it was it was totally different. And when I grew up, like tattoo, the only people you ever saw with a tattoo was a sailor. Like an old sailor mm. that had been in World War Two, and he had just, right. he had seen some stuff that he didn't want to talk about without a tear in his eye, and that's the only I, people I that had it. tattooed, you know. And it, it wasn't always a professional tattoo. You could tell that some drunk sailor gave him that tattoo yeah. with some ink and a and a, and a like a little pen or something like that. Um, I I never had a tattoo when I met Bobby. She had a tattoo. And so I was like, oh, I should get one. I think I just, I didn't know anyone else that had one. I wasn't anti, I mean. Yeah. So anyway, and once again, had to impress Bobby. So uh, I got a right. tattoo and then I was like, oh, I think I want another one. And then, and then it was like, she got another one. And then I was like, I want to get another one. And she's like, well, I don't think we should get a third one. I go, well, you don't have to. And then. I went to get one, and then I look over, and she's sitting down in the chair next to me getting another one. So we've kind of gone back and forth. 
my regrets are the like one we have, which is kind of a family thing. So each one of us mm-hmm. has a version of a fleur de lis, like between our shoulder mm-hmm. blades. Uh, and I always forget, I forget that one's there all. The, I mean, until I just started talking about. It. So I like that one because it had a lot more thought put into it than uh-huh. my other tattoos. Um, like my, my nickname, I don't need to put my own nickname on there. I know it. I'm probably not going to forget it. If I get to the right. stage in life where I'm forgetting my own nickname, having it tattooed on my, this isn't Memento, the movie Memento. Right. I, it's not, <laughs> having it tattooed to my body is not going to help me go, Oh, yeah. now I remember yeah. <laughs> that's all I needed. Uh, and then I had another one that I got, and this was like in the 90, late 90s, early 2000s craze. And it was funny because I was watching a late night talk show. Don't know which one. And someone, some guy was wearing a tank top. And the host goes, what's that tattoo? And the guy goes, it's a tribal tattoo. And he goes, well, what tribe are you part of? And this guy was, was about <laughs> as white as white bread could be. And it made right. me think because I have this one on my upper shoulder. And so I've always thought that when I finally graduated from University of Alaska Fairbanks, I wanted to get a tattoo with uh, a polar bear and a nook on there. And I was thinking I could change that tribal tattoo like into like the Aurora Borealis, like kind of turn it into because the way it's shaped, I think that it could be easily shaped into something like that in the sky. But I just haven't uh-huh. got around because then I'm like, I'm 56 and I just feel, hey, can you put a polar bear on my I mean. I don't, I don't know. I mean, and it just seems like money at this point because I'm really right. just doing it because then I'm like, oh, I think I look cool. But I'm going to the pool as a 56-year-old guy. No one is going to look at me and go, God, look at that guy's tattoos. Those are awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what's my the problem. Lee? What's the, what's, what's, where did that come from? Is that just uh, just uh, kind of out of the out of the blue thing? or I, Yeah. Because I'm... I think we were trying to find something, and uh-huh. uh, I, I've always liked that. I, I, I've always enjoyed the different types of representation you can have in a fleur de lis. I also like when yeah. you tell someone, "Go, hey, can you tell me what a uh, professional football team has a lily on their helmet?" And then which, you, which I don't know what that is. It's the it's the uh, New Orleans Saints because a fleur de lis is the flower. Because a fleur de lis is a is a is a it's lily. A, it's uh, a flower of the lily. See, okay, so yeah, that really does connect us to New Orleans yeah. because yeah, I, I mean, I'm very familiar with the fleur de lis. I did yeah. not know that it was a lily, but that makes yeah, sense. It's, uh, it's I flor, believe it's flower flower, flower of the lily. I think is what flower, flower of the lily. Yeah, flower yeah. of the lily. So the fleur de lis on their, their helmets. That's why because it'll st- people will be like. There ain't no fucking lilies on any football helmets. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. I I think that's you know New Orleans is a seaport town, and so I think that's why my mom is so. My mom's you know since I was I can just always remember her being you know turning green from tattoos. She's disgusted by them, and I think this is she's never told me this. Okay. We've never even talked about it. And I think actually, I think we have talked about it and she denied this, but I, I'm going to say this is probably true. The seaport town, she was around some sailors or something. She right. grew up in, in kind of the working class mid, mid city, New Orleans. Uh, you know, she, grew, she was around some sailors and she had some childhood, you know, revulsion to seeing that. And I think that is really what it's more about. 
That's what I think. Right. So I, and I think she'd probably deny it or say that she can't remember or blah, 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 blah. But that's what it's got to be. There's got to be like lots of people in the fifties in New Orleans running around with gross sailor tattoos and right. her kind of getting icked, icked out by it. And what, what would you do if you I found out that. like you, like someday you walked around the corner and all of a sudden you saw like a tattoo poking out of like your mom's clothes you'd never seen before. Like she had some like <laughs> big, just like dragon yeah. tattoo on her back that she'd always kept with covered with a camisole. And so you'd never seen well, it. So, I mean, this is not going to be the show about my mom. <laughs> Hopefully this is not going to be the show about my mom, but you know, my mom, and this is, you know, so why I'm, why I'm here in New Orleans today is because my, my younger cousin uh, passed away two weeks ago. Um, and he was my first, uh, like younger cousin. Uh-huh. Um, he was, uh, you know, kind of like a little brother to me growing up. He was, he's a year younger than my little brother. So he was like, you know, this was like, uh, like a little kid to me, you know, and his death has been like incredibly painful and just, just really hard. This has been like his, his, uh, he, he's on my mom's side. He's my mom's brother's, uh, son. My mom's brother had two, had two sons uh-huh. and he's, he's, he's the older son. And so those two cousins, when we were little, we used to, we used to talk about my mom and they, both of those brothers, uh, Michael is the, is the dude who passed away, his brother, Matt, Michael and Matt and I, um, and my brother, we used to say, you know, they used to say aunt, my, your, your mom, or they would call her aunt Phyllis. Cause it's, it's her aunt. Aunt Phyllis never takes off her shoes. She all, she never, like she'll be everywhere. She'll never take off her shoes. Right. And, uh, and they used to kind of, you know, joke about that. So maybe this does lead back to what we were talking about. Maybe my mom's got, you know, some kind of like foot tattoos that I've never seen. Because it is true. Like, I don't think I've seen my mom's feet like in years. Like, I, I don't, I do not know what's going on with my mom's feet. Yeah. Now, it, if I saw, if I saw foot tattoos on my mom, I, I, you know, I would just laugh. I think I would just be. I'd be impressed. I'd, I'd love. I'd love it. It wouldn't. Ch- it wouldn't change how I feel about tattoos for me. I, I just I feel. I, I just feel that. Uh, <laughs> and I hope this is many years down the line. Like you're, you'll have to go and give her a sponge bath at some point, and she just gonna have this <laughs> fucking just like it's gonna be like the Keanu Reeves, like the Russian mafia tattoo, just covering oh, her God. entire back. And, and you're gonna be, or it's gonna be like the Yakuza or something. The you'll Yakuza. Be like, you're gonna yeah, be like the Yakuza. What the fuck, mom. <laughs> And she's going to take half of her pinky on. finger off, and you're going to be like, I don't even know what simulation I'm in right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, I am, I'm sorry yeah. to hear about the past. So did you grow up with your cousins then, close proximity, or did you all just see Yeah, we were— we were in, we were in close proximity for sure. We, you know, th- there was a pretty big age difference and, and we definitely grew apart in, you know, in our later years, right. you know, I was, I, I'm a lot older. I'm about, you know, I'm like eight, nine years older. So, you know, not terribly, terribly close, especially as we were older, but, you know, we had a lot of, a lot of good times together when we were real little and, and even a lot of good times as we, as we got older. And, right. Um, you know, I, I, you know, we were not, close but it's just those you know not close in a in a you know emotional relationship way but close in this way where it's you, you feel like you're all part of the same generation and i and i felt not only part of that same generation but i felt 
like one of the older ones, one of the leaders of that, you know, like we're right. all sitting at the kids table at Thanksgiving, that, that <laughs> kind of thing. Right. But you, you were know the that leader feeling. of the kids table. Yeah. Yeah. I was the oldest kid, you know, right. I was the leader of the kids table and having one of those kids pass away, uh, is, is at least for me, selfishly, you know, I'm like, wait a second, if he's good, you know, then I'm, I'm up next. That's one thing I'm thinking. And then the other thing I'm thinking is that's not, that's not the way it's supposed to go. You know, he's right. younger. He's supposed to keep living and do things. And, um, you know, this young man was a, he was a doctor. Um, he had just finished medical school. He was gonna, he was gonna start, uh, working, uh, I think in just like the next few months he was living in Philadelphia. You know, he'd really gotten, he, he really was just like a, a renaissance a renaissance man, you know, right. He, he was a doctor, but when they were going through his stuff, they found he, he had like a forklift operator's license and he had like in the neighborhood in Philadelphia where he lived, he was the only white guy. And he had, uh, I guess like against the city permits and stuff, just created a community park in an empty lot where he lived just, just, you know, because he could, because he loved gardening. He loved like right. permaculture and, horticulture and all that kind of stuff. Um, just a really crazy risk taking kind of guy. And, uh, it just is not right. It's just weird. It just yeah. feels like it's one of those situations where it just feels like it's just not the way that I thought it was going to go. And it, it's, it's, uh, it's sad. It's sad. And, you know, we're all, we're all feeling it. So I'm yeah. feeling it, but I'm, I'm here with the whole family and we're all feeling it, trying to help each other out, trying to, I'm trying to be here for them. Um, well, and, if, and if I can give just a slight silver lining on your loss, cause I understand my, we grew up, uh, once we moved to Kansas city, everyone ended up somehow ending up in Kansas city from Florida and some family in Oklahoma. But uh, my mom, her sister and brother, their families. And then I had a, a cousin, a boy that was a year younger than me. And then one that was two years younger than me. And so we're mm -hmm. in it back in the seventies, every single holiday, it didn't matter if, if it was Monday and things were closed, we were all together and we were the type. Yep. I remember yep. blowing shit up. I remember, uh, having lightsaber fights after uh, Star Wars came out because we had found some old fluorescent bulbs, not knowing how dangerous they would explode when you smack <laughs> them into each other. Right. I mean, just crazy shit that we would do. And then uh, we we grew apart as uh, adults uh, as well. But I mean, I I I, I totally understand that. What I was gonna say on the silver lining is, it, it's so weird how. There, there's probably a lot of people, and I, I know the people close to Curtis. So I had a, a roommate, Curtis, in uh, 1996, and he was killed mm -hmm. on January 6th in a single-car accident. He had been playing pool mm -hmm. at a, a bar. He was no longer a drinker. He just liked to play pool. It was up the street, and you could tell when he came home because it had snowed that day that his that he probably fell asleep because uh, mm -hmm. you could see you could still see the tracks and it was a two lane and it was turning back to the left and he went from the inside left lane just straight into a tree and mm -hmm. um and, and he died so i'd been woken up in the middle of the night and, and i'd heard that n noise and i kept thinking you know how how do i you know that was so difficult on me and then at his funeral I ran into a couple people I knew of his, uh, Chris and Ryan. They were looking for a roommate. I moved in. 
person that Kristen uh, worked with. Her name was Bobby. Uh, Kristen thought I may be interested in six foot one blonde girl. She ah, spot on. Yeah, and that's yeah, why I met yeah, her. And so yeah. I always say that if Curtis went in the past, I knew right. who Ryan and Kristen were, but I didn't know them well enough. They would have said, oh, go out with us. Yeah, there's a girl you'd like to meet. You know, nothing like that. So it, it's right, very, right. so you never know. I mean, you, you're telling about all the positive impacts he, he made while he was here on Earth. But, I mean, even in yeah, this, yeah. You, you have to know that there's probably something very positive that's going to come out of this, whether it's a, it's a meeting of sure. two people, you know, or, or whatever. And, and that's what, cause I always say that, yeah. the, 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 yeah. you know, one of the best thing, not best things he did for me, but I, I would have ne never met Bobby without Curtis. And unfortunately it was his passing right. that made us meet. Right. Um, right. So I, yeah. you know, it, it, it's when we had, uh, you're also talking about people younger than you. So Curtis died when he was 26 and then, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And then, so he's so been, young. he's been gone longer than I knew him, uh, much longer right. than I knew him. And then my right. roommate, Ryan, who I was talking about, he passed a year ago. He uh, ended up uh, getting sick and they gave him six months. He made it about six weeks and passed. And um, mm. I remember going to that and Curtis and Ryan were in a band back in the eighties. Mm. And I mean, these were mullets and tank tops and, <laughs> you know, Z Cavaricci jeans that I don't know if you're familiar. They have the little yes, tag in the yeah. you know, all that stuff. So it, it was really interesting, but I, I kept seeing Curtis up there and I was like, it, it, it was just bringing me full circle back to, you know, here I am at another funeral and, and who knows, you know, at Curtis's <laughs> funeral. Here I was uh, not knowing what would happen. I, I met the woman that changed my life. And then, you know, mm -hmm, so I, I'm mm -hmm. just, I'm just trying to say that, uh, I, I, I feel for your loss, uh, that uh, I guess I should say, to my knowledge, my cousins are still around. I guess I don't really, I haven't kept in contact with them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's it's super weird for us because we were so close. And maybe we just got worn yeah. out. But we were yeah, so maybe, close. Maybe. I mean, every, yeah. every holiday, well, just with those three families, there were 12 of us. Because there's four wow. in each family. That's a lot of cousins. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, um, it, it was... It, it, and it's different because now, you know, it's like Thanksgiving and yeah. it's like it's maybe my mom plus us. So it's really like right. the holidays are like a plus one now instead of, you know, plus family size. So 12. Yeah. Yeah. We never had 12, but we I mean, we, you know, there's let's see, there's two, three of us. So five, five, six on my mom's side. Right. If right. you include the because there's three of us. So there's six there. And then on my dad's side, it's just three of us in four it's just it's just one one older male co yeah, a cousin who's a year older than me right um but that's my you know so just not a lot in the generations i guess yeah. and that makes it all the more meaningful or hard because there's not a lot of us i guess but right. yeah i appreciate what you're saying thank you uh i i do appreciate that and i think i think uh that that is very true that uh you know there's some kind of the deterministic ball, you know, the ball is rolling and it's going to keep rolling until it's not. Yeah. I mean, and so. it's, it, it, it just, yeah, it's weird. So, um, yeah, life is weird. Yeah. Well, anyway, like the movie army of one, that's a weird transition, but, but I feel like there's a, <laughs> there's a, there is a little bit of a connection there. 
to, okay, to the so movie Army of One that you had me watch. Did you like get there the, is a connection? Did you get the picture that I texted you? I did. Is that that's Nicholas Cage, right? That is my father. Or is that the real guy? No. That's your father in law. So <laughs> this is where this movie's gonna get weird. Because I wanted you to watch wow. it. So so, okay. so here's what happened. So my father in law, wow. back in about two thousand eight, he went okay. on a he had a calling from God. Vision quest. That he was supposed to go find Osama bin Laden and capture or kill him. And he left my mother-in-law for almost two years for this quest. Really? So when he came back, he was telling us, like, all these things, and he got dogs. And uh, he actually had, at some point, acquired a huge sword and gave it to our daughter. So here, so then we found out this movie. Somehow we, we, we got clicked onto this movie. And, okay. I, and I don't know if we saw the trailer. I don't know what happened. We saw, somehow we got on. And, and then when we watched it, we're like, okay, we've never seen Nicolas Cage look like that ever in any right. role. Right. And that's why I sent you that picture. That was my father-in-law during this time period. Weird. So wait a second. Wait a second. Here's my hypothesis. I'm not saying anyone. Here is my, my thought. That the person that wrote this movie uh-huh. and my father-in-law cross paths at some point. And either this person, and I'm going to guess in a bar because just the way my father-in-law was at the time. Uh, right. Uh, uh, but I want, I want to say, Bob, congratulations on your sobriety. So continued good luck on that. Um, but I, I would assume that they, pro- they could have crossed paths at a bar, and I think one of them told the other one this story. I think my father-in-law told this guy, and he ran with it. And, and I'm not saying there's anything. I'm not, I'm not like trying to say ownership. I'm, that's not. I'm just saying that we knew that entire movie three or four, maybe even five years before that movie came out. Our family did. Like, everything about it. And then my father-in-law, and I think I'm a— uh, I probably have to ask if I can post it. I don't know because my wife gave it to me, so I, I don't know the legality. But anyway, I would like to post a picture of Nick Cage and what my father-in-law right. look like because they look like – and I'm telling you, even the way he kind of is, like there is the scene where uh, the girls – okay, hold on. I need to back up because I know I baffled you, and, and, the, and the audience has no idea. So what we're talking about? I have today, a I have a hundred questions. Yeah. Well, maybe not a hundred, but just one. Well, I have one major question. Okay, I hold guess. on. Just I'll catch the the audience up because you and I know what we're talking about. They may not. Yes. So there is a movie called Army of One, which is funny because my Freudian slip when I was writing this down, making notes for you, I wrote Army of Crazy, and then I had to press that out and put one. Um, but it's called Army of One. It stars Nicolas Cage as someone who sees God, who I'm not going to do a spoiler of who plays God, but it's a very interesting pick for God. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, he's, God comes to him, says he wants him to go find Osama bin Laden. He comes up with all these harebrained ideas to try to do it, uh, blah, blah, yada, yada. That's basically uh, the thing. What we were going to, and what you're going to ask questions about is my father in law live this entire movie. And like I say, 
someone could have told him this story, could have pitched it to him. Oh, I'm right. writing a movie. Oh, what's right. it about? And told him the whole thing. Like, I don't know if well, you ever uh, did that. I don't know if you were ever somewhere and, and you started talking yeah. to someone, you told them about Man Baby, <clears throat> and then they go spread a story that, oh, I saw a comedian in a diaper. So, you know? Okay. Well, so, a little a little, a little, little background about this movie Yes. Um, that I kind of looked up just a little bit. Uh, you know, it's directed by Larry Charles, uh, who I, w- I was happy to watch this because I'm a fan of Larry Charles. He's uh, one of the original Seinfeld directors and uh, also Borat. He's oh. the director of Borat. Nice. And uh, but this Army of One was not really on my on my radar. I, I guess like I, I had never heard of it. Yeah. I not, you know no it reason didn't it really didn't seem like it made uh, a ton of money. And I was not aware of this Derry Faulkner character. This guy who apparently. Oh, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Gary Faulkner. My father-in-law's name, Bob Lochner. Bob Lochner. Gary, Gary Faulkner. Faulkner. I'm telling you. So, so according to Wikipedia, though, Gary Brooks Faulkner, like this, this guy was a real guy, too. So I guess, like, my question is, is, like, did Gary Faulkner and Bob Lochner meet? Or, or or are they maybe the same person? Like, is there like no? They're they're um, not the same person. My, they're my, not the same person. No. Okay. So, have you seen Cocaine Bear? Uh, no, but okay. I'm I, I'm aware of Cocaine Bear. I know what it is. Yeah. So, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. I did not want to see it when it was out in the theaters. Uh, once I saw <laughs> it at home, I'm like, I would have actually paid to go see this if I would have known. Uh, so ver- it's a. I thought it was a hilarious movie, very funny. And it says based on a true story. So you can watch the movie or watch the trailer and everything that happens. But the true story is a drug plane had to dump drugs out, like out in the woods. A bear found it, ate a whole bunch of cocaine, and died on the spot. So And died, yeah, yeah. Instantly on the spot. So there was no cocaine bear going crazy and killing. So all of that was made up. So when they, so because I never really thought about, you know, a lot of times based on a true story, I'm like, well, it has to be pretty true. But then after seeing cocaine bear, I'm like, okay, it literally just had to be that the bear ate cocaine and that made the movie true. I mean, so. Right, right, right. so, So I don't know how much of. His story, like, like I'm not saying that he stole it from my my father-in-law at all, because yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just, I'm just trying to point out that I could see, I just think it's one or the other, and I think it's, I think it's really interesting that there are two guys doing this, um, mm-hmm. and I think that, I mean, who knows? Maybe there were more. Ooh. I guess. I mean, 9/11, 9/11 was such a like big event. That I feel like it, I mean, the movie kind of hints at this too, right? At the end, when Bin Laden's killed, and he's like, and he immediately says, you know, he sees the ad and he's like, oh, they're obviously hiding it, right? right. They're, or they're, you know, this is a conspiracy. It's like 9-11 was such a big psychological event. I think more, I mean, it, it was obviously a huge physical event and started right. the, the war and yada, yada, yada. But, 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 but it was actually also you know, terrorism is a psychological thing. Right. Right. Um, and so it was such a psychological thing that I think so many people who were already 
kind of teetering on that edge of sanity, right. uh, you know, went, went, uh, you know, off that edge a little bit or off, off one way or another. And so who knows how many people, you know, were out to get Osama bin Laden or out to catch Al Qaeda or, right. or, you know, who, who knows? Um, it looks like that this, this well, guy, Gary I, I Faulkner, will tell you this, that the number yeah. looks like it was at least two. At least two. <laughs> it, was, it was at least two. Yeah, definitely. It was at least your your father in law for sure. And I, interesting that they both were into swords, which I thought was an interesting way. But I guess what, that kind of makes sense. With so the, the scene where the the girl <laughs> is tossing um, fruit to him and he's slicing it, and not like yeah. in a like not in a graceful like this is a no. John Woo type film where it's like choreographed. I mean, this looked like you had given a sword to a chimp and he was shot. I mean, there was just, it just wasn't a very pretty athletic no, move. But I, I could totally playing. see my father-in-law doing that. In fact, I should inspect the sword that he gave our daughter, our, our, our youngest <laughs> child, Trinity. I should see if there's any, like, citrus residue anywhere on the sword at all. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I would, I would check everything he gives us uh, a child. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would so, so, uh, so there has been a, a sword. There has been a flashlight uh, taser combo. Um, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well. So here's the thing. Just in looking. <laughs> so I used to be uh, in risk management, which uh, leads me. I have a note on that. I do. Uh, so, uh, so I will try to examine a lot of stuff and I have seen, I will not let them take the, this, uh, flashlight taser combo out of the box just because of the picture on the box. The picture on the box is so scary that I don't know why anyone would ever even buy that. Like, like the taser and the, the button to turn on the taser are so close that it's just going to take like a slip of the finger and you're going to tase yourself. That's what, and, and that would be my luck to, to incapacitate yeah. myself. Like I'm gonna get um, you, and it's like, yeah, you are, and I just right. fall in front of him, quivering. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and I'm yeah, that to... definitely, definitely seems like a design flaw. That I'm, I'm in the dark. I need a light, and I have a choice. Am I gonna I, have a light on, or am I gonna tase? I know. It, 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 <laughs> it seems like those may need to be two separate pieces of equipment. That you carry. Right, but, right, right, right. So, but, I, but, but okay, so Gary Faulkner, though, I'm seeing that there was a documentary about him too called uh, uh, Binny Boy One Man's Hunt for the World's Greatest Fugitive. So, 2011 when, do documentary. See, I don't know where we can watch that. Yeah, and I'll have to find, but I, find that out. You know, I, I, does it say where he's from? Because I think my, my uh, father in law is Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at Gary Faulkner's Wikipedia. Uh, Gary Brooks Faulkner, which sounds weirdly similar to your, right. uh, you know, but, but apparently he's a real guy. He, uh, a, a lot of the stuff that's in the movie is true. It looks like a lot of it was made up, but, but a lot of it looks true. But the thing for me about, about that movie, um, I thought it had really great material. I, I thought it was, you know, the, the, the guts of that movie were, was really interesting. You know, right. when, when I read the description, I said, oh, this is, I'm really interested. And then when I hear about your father-in-law, I'm like, I'm very, very interested. Um, I think where, like, it, where it ran into problems for me was that, you know, it was Nicolas Cage the whole time, and I couldn't kind of, like, not see Nicolas Cage, in, right. you know, being, being, doing his thing. And 
I, you know, it would have, for and I me, think he could have been more muted because he yeah, was, well, <clears throat> it was, just, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say he, he always has this voice like this and it just, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's, he's doing a character and, it, and he's yes. committed to that character and it's great. Like he's, he's, he's full of commitment to it. Right. But like for, for me, and maybe, I mean, maybe this is, maybe this is just me. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't, not that I know. I mean, Larry Charles obviously knows way more about how to make a comedy movie than I do. Um, but like, for me, it was like, I, it felt, too, it just felt too much like a movie. You know, like it right. felt like these, these were such kind of interesting characters. And so like on the fringes of, of society, I mean, this guy's sleeping at a work site, you know, I mean, that's not exactly, uh, you know, your, your See, upper middle that's class, not dis- that's uh, not dissimilar from sleeping in the back of your truck though. Right. Right. I mean, it's, 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 which is what your, uh, Father father-in-law was doing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think he had his yeah. camper on his truck, which is always a good way. Pickup truck with a big old camper, which for some reason I have, ne- I'm not sure they sell those brand new. I have never seen a truck camper for a pickup truck brand new. And if you get in them, they always have the smell. It's not death, yeah, but it's a smell that they all have. And I don't know what it is. I don't think it's death. Yeah. I hope it's not death. It could be death. <laughs> it sounds more like, like, like they've given up. Like it's just uh, exasperation. Right. Like they've just said, "I my house is now on the on the bed of my truck." That's what I've decided to do. <laughs> and, and I have a door that I can open, but I'm gonna have to like crawl through on my knees to get to my bed that I can sleep yeah. in as long as I'm in the fetal position. So and facing That's, north. Yeah. 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 I I would have I would suggest that we cast. Uh, you know somebody who's an actor, but an unknown and, uh, you know, closer, like, it just seems like the real guy would just be way more interesting than a, than a star playing the real guy, you right. know? And I, and I have, this, I have that problem with a lot of movies, I guess. And, and even, and even down to like the way the movie's kind of made in and it's, you know, there's a narrator and it's kind of these kind of comic kind of little comic pieces where right. they, it's kind of, him, him interacting as like a fish out of water with the Pakistanis and stuff. To me, that just felt real stagey. You know, it right. felt real like, okay, we're going to, we're going to laugh at these little comic sequences and, you know, and he does the apocalypse now thing. He's in the room and he's swinging the sword and it's kind of, it's just real stagey. And it seems like to me, that story is just so interesting. I just want to see that story play out. I think that would be funny. Just, just this, this white guy in Pakistan going, that's funny. So just on itself. its own, you don't. Right. Yeah, you don't need to set up these little jokes and stuff, you know. And the 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 CIA guys are kind of they, they tell they're jokey, you know. They're making jokes. I think that would be funny, just to see how to see their natural reactions to hear that this guy from Colorado has gotten to Pakistan. I mean, that uh, just a more natural reaction of that I feel like would be way funnier. But again. You know what do I know? I I enjoyed it. I like like I said I like the material. What are you talking about? What do you know? You're an award winning producer and writer. So let's just dial it back there uh, with your. Thanks, uh, thanks, Ro. Thanks, Ro. What what is little old? Hold on, I got a voice for this. What is little old me know? I'm just an award winning (laughs) producer and director. That is. Well, actually, I I have now that may be your actual voice. 
I, I, I have now picked a new voice for you, so you're welcome. That's my that's my uh, new director voice. When I get on set, I'm gonna <laughs> use the uh, use I, the high pitch voice to yeah. get everyone's attention. Yes, <laughs> I just well, all, all I mean to say is I'm I'm no Larry Charles. The guy the guy is obviously one of the greats. You know, Seinfeld and Borat. You could probably stop making movies after that. You know? So why so. didn't he? Because I, I hold on, I gotta yeah. say that. I mean, because that—that's my question. Like, isn't this a letdown? For, I mean, like, if you're watching his, sure felt like it, right? Okay, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it sure felt like it to me. Yeah. <laughs> it feels, it definitely feels, uh, you know, of a of a lesser. Uh, you know, here's the stripe. Weird, here's the weird thing that until you mention the narrator, and I totally know there's a narrator in that movie, but I never really, yeah, because it just starts that way, and like you say, it could because it does. Yeah. It sets a tone for the movie. So yeah, you're, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. You know, if the, if the narrator yeah. would have come on once he got to Pakistan, you would have been like, "What the fuck was this?" But I mean, honestly, if, if someone yeah. would have said, "What is is there? Who's the narrator in it?" I would have had I would have had to give it a long thought to go, "Is there really a narrator in this?" And, and there is. So yeah, yeah, yeah so. there is, and it and it and it immediately takes you out of any kind of reality because yeah. it's like. It immediately tells he says that God's doing it, and then of course we get our our God character, and we, you know, it immediately. And I, I mean, well, it's a I, choice. It's a, it's an artistic choice. I mean, he's he's framing this like a he he. It's it's um, it's not a fantasy, but you know, there he, he's doing something, and I think right. it. I think I th- you know far again, not trying to speak for the speak for them, but. I think they're trying to do something where, you know, you know, is it real? Is it fake? They're kind of commenting on the narrative of the narrative or whatever. But I, I think all that's really unnecessary. I would just I would have just told the story right. as is. If you really want to do that, maybe, maybe. How's this for an idea? You tell you tell that story like a fake documentary, kind of, you know, but maybe that's too, maybe that's too framed. I don't know. Right. But I but, you know. Yeah, to to me that's a step down from Borat. Although I haven't watched Borat in a real long time, and I, I don't I don't know if Borat would be as funny to me now. I we don't were know. we were. Uh, I don't you, know. You know, I my <laughs> thing was because <clears throat> I, I is my wife that funny? Well, I, I don't I don't <laughs> suffer I don't, I don't suffer fools lightly, so I have a hard right. time. If, if a character, like if someone came up to me and acted like Borat, I would just walk away from him. I mean, that's right, just, right, right. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a phrase that I use all the time that, you know, uh, bees don't uh, waste their time explaining to flies why honey tastes better than shit. And it just means yeah. that if I find someone that's just not, I'm just not going to waste my time. And if someone came up to him and was acting like Barat, I would just be like, no, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, literally, I hear you. I've given me a million dollars and it's like this whole, this, whatever's going on here is making me not want whatever you're selling or whatever you're doing. Yeah. It took, it took me like 20 years to learn that, but I feel like I spent a lot of my youth trying to explain to people why honey tasted like honey to me. Yeah. And now, you know, now I, now I'm more in, I'm definitely in your camp where I, you know, yeah. I just, I can't explain it. I was actually on a subway with Borat while they were, whether they were shooting the Borat movie, on I was purpose? in New York. I, I was riding, no, no, just, I mean, I was just, I was going to work. I think I can't remember why I was going to the gym or going to work. And, uh, that's all I ever did was just, you know, and I, and Borat, and I guess the people filming Borat, you know, there were these guys that I noticed they were, they were carrying, 
these little hidden cameras in uh, beta tapes. Right. That's what I think it was. It looked like a little like it looked like a big beta tape carrying under their arm. But I'm pretty sure that was the camera. And uh, and he got in and he didn't do anything goofy. He just kind of stood there. And, you know, being like good New Yorkers uh, on the train, like no, nobody paid any attention to him. I didn't pay any attention to him. I knew I knew it was Borat, but I, you know, I didn't. But and, and they, he was in the suit like they were definitely going to be shooting a bit at right. some point, you know, um, but he didn't do anything. And then by the time I got off, I, you know, I didn't see anything. So hmm. that's my brush with Larry Charles, I guess. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Do you know who? Uh, you do, you, do you know who the uh, singer Jelly Roll is? Yeah, no kidding. I I do. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because my so I have a good good friend that uh, lives down here in New Orleans. He's uh-huh. been my friend since I was a little kid. His wife is is way into. I had no idea who Jelly Roll Jelly Roll was until like October of last year. Uh huh. And his wife is way into Jerry, Jelly Roll, and she starts talking about Jelly Roll, and I was like, uh, you know, like kind of not, you know, right? Okay, okay, like yeah, Jerry I'm Roll. Hungry, yeah. And then make me hungry. Yeah, sounds good. Um, she showed me his picture. You know, I found out who he, you know, and I, and I, and I, I still had like never heard his music. So then I go to Florida for that for that film festival with right. um, Maxie's Maxie's partner David. You know, uh, Wonderland. We went. Right. We were uh, doing the Fort Lauderdale Film Festival. I'm out there and Jelly Roll is everywhere. And I, I hear his songs played in the shops and in the stores. And there's a big banner in Fort Lauderdale. Jelly Roll is coming. And I, so yes, I know who Jelly Roll is uh, because of all those things. So I, I usually, <laughs> I, I always pregame. Generally, I am uh, dancing to getting ready to the music of Megan the Stallion. Uh, 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 I'm trying to, I can't, uh, I can't even, uh, sexy red. Uh, so I, I'm generally listening to that. Ice type, Spice? Uh, what is sexy red? I don't know who that is. Uh, so, <laughs> but so tonight I decided to go country. Okay. I don't know why I decided oh. to go country, but I went country and okay. I do have a country playlist on YouTube. So I decided right to, uh, I started with Kenny Chesney, uh, about last night. Uh, that that's always a okay. good one. And so I listened to that, and then I went to one, and um, hold on, I wrote it down because I I had to have the name of the song. Uh, it's called uh, I should know this because I've listened to it a thousand million times. It's called "Roll with Me." So the group is I for an I, and it's literally the letter I, the number four, the letter N, and the letter I. So I for an I. And the name of the song is... And this is a country band? This is a pop country... Uh, uh, yeah, Bubba Sparks uh, does uh, uh, does a verse in this. Um, uh, which, like a super group. <clears throat> yeah, sure. It, but it, it's funny. So I'm playing it, and I always tell Bobby, we talk about the uh, no second location rule. Meaning, like, if you ever meet someone, you don't want... Like, you don't go to a second location. Like, we've told our girls that. I've told my wife that. Like, if you're going to sell something, like... Um, oh yeah oh nope the money's down the street i gotta go to the bank you want to go no you don't go to a second location and in this song there's a a line that says um their uh their place is 20 miles away from the place they're at oh and i'm like 20 miles i mean that's like even if you're right on the highway 
and you're doing yeah. 60 miles an hour, that's 20 minutes away. Best case yeah. scenario. So, yeah, yeah. So it's funny. So I called my wife in and because I was just like, isn't that funny? You know, tw like, it's not like, oh, my, my apartment's next door. You want to go next door? It's do you want to go 20 minutes? Yeah. So I was showing her that and she goes, rewind that. And I'm usually it's she's learning so well after 26 years, not learning. But I, she saw so I usually <laughs> see stuff and she goes, that's uh -huh. a jelly roll. And this this video came out like nine or 10 years ago. And okay. he has a lot less face tattoos. But I guarantee you, uh -huh. during Bubba Sparks, the second verse, during his verse, they cut to the bar. And it is, I, I Bobby, it, when I went back, and I don't know Jelly Roll that well, but Bobby does, it, it, it has to be him. And it's just weird because he has less face tattoos, and it's, it's 10 years ago. No one knew who he was. You know, he wasn't even part of the song. He was a... So he was, did, a, he was just a patron in the, the bar. So did was, your, so your wife is into jelly roll too. So she, I have two for, I have two people in my life whose wives are into jelly roll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think that's, I think that's almost weirder than the, well, it's not as weird as your father-in-law and no, and uh, Gary Brooks Faulkner, but it's still pretty weird. I know. So, and I told my, I told my wife, I go, I go, you know, early on, I was like, you know, neither one of us ever need to have a hall pass. But after 26 years, I go, if you want jelly roll to be your hall pass. Oh man. Or maybe that should be. A... <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that's Vicky. Uh, yeah. Uh, my, my buddy, my buddy's wife. I wonder if that is her hall pass. Cause yeah. that would be really funny. I don't, She's way into she's in, way into Lady Gaga too, and I don't think there's a hall pass there. I think it's just the admiration thing. Yeah. Okay. But um, but Jelly Roll might be her hall pass, which is really funny to me. He gave a very I, inspirational I mean, speech at the I don't know some music award, country music, Grammys. I don't know some music award. He gave a very inspirational speech. It actually was a lot because. Uh, yeah. so, so here's something for you, for you and, and I, I'll let everyone okay. know because I'm very open. Uh, I've actually had t people tell me, go, guy, didn't we? <laughs> so this was an actual conversation with someone that I've known for 40 years. <clears throat> We've okay. known each other, but we don't, they were on the podcast and afterwards they go, man, I didn't know we were such close friends. I go, what do you mean? And they go, you're just so open. And I'm just like, I, I mean, I didn't say it to him. I was like, oh yeah. I mean, because I'm just that I'll talk about anything to anyone about any time. Um, and, the way to be. and so, um, let's see, what day was it this week? I think it was, it was Thursday morning. So this would have been maybe 60 hours from when we're recording. I actually said to Bobby that I'm going to quit podcasting and I wanted to cancel. I had three interviews scheduled for that day. And I go, I want to mm -hmm. figure out how to cancel these for today. I'm just going to get enough shows out to get me through uh, the premiere or the screening of Man Baby. And then I'll give it up right after that. I was like, I'm done. I just, I, I, it, I was still burnt about the, I, I want to do video because I understand that fuckers out there want video. 
And I know right, that's, right. How, that's how you grow an audience, giving them what you want. And I have to figure out how to get past the fact that I don't want to do video. And so then when I finally do video and you and I have done two of them, where we've had issues on two of them. And that just kills me because not only is that my time that I'm building up to the episode, doing the episode and then having it fail. It's also your time. I mean, it, sure, I, I'm sure. glad that you and I get to talk because I'm still learning about you. I get to know about you. So it, it's not a wasted conversation, but it's for the purpose that you thought that we're going to, share this with others. And so I was just really, I, I was at a very low, I was just like, I can't do this. I either need to do it full time where I can focus right. on getting guests and focus on this, or I, I can't be having another job and doing this. And so I decided right. that, uh, because I really love Bobby and I figured that having a job and with benefits uh, is really more beneficial to her than a podcast. So that's another reason that I was like, I just need to make this jump. Uh, then like right. three hours later, now, I will, in my defense, I had been up for, I think, 27 straight hours working on the three shows I had that day. So I think I was also yeah. very yeah. tired when I was having this conversation. Um, so my very first podcast of the day was... Uh, um, award-winning playwrights and now best-selling author Stephen Dolganoff. He was on, he was one of my first two or three interviews ever. Uh, I, mm. we, I enjoyed him so much that he actually did 20, we did 29 shows together as he, um, co-hosting, uh, the Roro show with Steven. Um, and then nice. he had, he had to step away to write a fucking movie. Cause that's what, you know, <laughs> Because that's what I would be doing. You know, I've never had to tell mm -hmm. anyone, sorry, i got to step away and write a movie, which I do have the movie <laughs> that I want to write about the bidet assassin going all across Europe, but that's for another time. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I had not talked on the phone or anything with Stephen uh, in over two years since we stopped. We had exchanged texts and stuff, and I, I had continued to follow his career, but he was just so busy, I just didn't. I, I didn't have, I mean, we just didn't have the time to hook up. And so, um, so I do the interview with him, which I wanted to cancel, mind you, mm -hmm. uh, just right. a few hours earlier. So I do the interview with him. Um, okay. and at the end of the interview, I was just, uh, cause he, so like usual, uh, we do the closing and music, uh, go out, we cut. And then generally, uh, I, we're still talking. So we'll, we'll discuss yeah. afterwards. And, um, so he was just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. He goes, I thought you were amazing three years ago. The first time you interviewed you, he goes, why are you not a household name? Like, and he, he mentioned some, some different people and stuff. And, um, I just started, I mean, I just started crying. I mean, ah. I was just a blubber because I was like, I was like, this is my son because I don't want, I, I truly don't want to give it up. I mean, that's my whole yeah. thing. Like, it, that's the thing that's frustrating, not frustrating, I would say to Bobby, but she knows how badly I want to do this and how badly I need to monetize this because I will, like I said, I got home from my regular job at six on Wednesday night and which I'd been up since like five 30 in the morning. I started working mm -hmm. on shows. I worked on shows till five 30 in the morning till I had a breakdown with Bobby. So I guess I was up about 24 hours. 
I had that breakdown with Bobby, slept for about an hour until she left, and I got back up and I worked on the show. I mean, I'm always working. I have notebooks full of notes, and I just I love doing what I do. And then it just pains me to go to a regular job because I'm sitting yeah. there, and all I'm yeah. doing is when, when I'm busy, it's fine. But when I'm not busy, yeah. which we've been a lot lately, is all I'm doing is I could make be reaching out to these people. I could be focusing on this. I could be concentrating. On this, I could be learning this. And then on my days off, so um, on Friday, so Thursday is when I was going to quit. Then Thursday, a couple hours later, Stephen, uh, one reason I love Stephen so much, uh, I was just... I was like, thank you. I needed to hear that because I need to do yeah. this. You are, you are my sign from the universe, from the God, from what, because literally if I wouldn't have had this universe today, I would be quitting podcasting. I had no doubt about it. And I was upset about that. And as soon as I decided I'm not quitting, of course, then I'm in a, cause then I'm in a good mood. Cause I love doing this. I love being creative. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's just, uh, it, it, so on, on Friday, uh, we had, you know, we, it was the Midwest. We had sixties on Wednesday and we had a blizzard on Friday. So it's snowing. <laughs> and, and so I had already on my way to work. I was like, I will be at work. But when the owners got there, I texted both of them. I go, I am volunteering now to go home. Mm-hmm, and so as mm-hmm. soon as they walked in, they go, who wants to? And I was like me. And I just clocked out and walked out the door. I was like, I'm not even letting it. Nice. I'm not letting anyone else have a chance to say I'm going home for, and so I went home and I had, because I didn't have anything scheduled. I had no, because I I was expecting to work my regular job. I didn't have any interviews scheduled for that night. And so it was literally Mm -hmm. my first day off of not doing an interview, not doing a podcast, not doing something uh, (laughs) related (laughs) to the show. And it was so, and I needed that as well. So it, it nice. was refreshing and, you know, now, now I'm, I'm trying to figure out the economical logistics of mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. able to, the biggest thing is fucking insurance. I mean, Jiminy mm-hmm. corn. Yeah. And, and I say this all yeah. the time. If this was a socialized medicine country, I would be doing podcasting full time without a doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, of course. So, but, um, so I, I am so glad that you're here. I am so glad that I've decided to continue. Cause like I say, I, I, it, it has really helped me as an adult to be able to find people that I enjoy talking to, because I know Bobby's like, you nice. really need to talk to someone other than me once in a while. <laughs> right of yeah. course so. of course everyone does everyone does yeah i mean look I, I that's that thank you for for sharing that you know uh yeah there's a there's always going to be there's always going to be the system there's always commerce you know you got to make money you got to work um which sucks but you also got to be creative and you got to do the things you love and you know when, when, when you, when you have a passion for something, it's not, um, you know, this, this, I, you know, I, everything you're saying, like, I feel a lot of empathy for, I feel connection with cause of, cause of man, baby actually. Right. Um, because when you have a passion for something like that, it's not all, uh, it, passion is not always pleasurable. Pa- passion is sometimes very, very painful and hard. And, right. um, uh, you know, 
when you when you have that and you want to do that thing, you push through that and you and you keep doing it and and it's it's not it's not always about just like, oh, this feels good, you know? It's right. not it's not it's not like that. Creativity is not like that. Making no, I things mean, is not like most that. of podcasting, so. uh and why I say because I'm a whiny baby, I'm a whiny man baby. <laughs> um you know, I I, I I will I tr- I don't think I complain I I'll complain that like my complaints are all self-inflicted complaints like I don't mm. like I understand when people are busy and I understand there's people there are certain people that I will um I will accommodate uh no matter what mm-hmm. like uh like you know we we picked this this time um and I had told Bobby, and, and this has nothing to do, I was just saying in general, I go, a lot of people see this because I have a regular job, that because it's <clears throat> secondary, that then they can treat it as such. So that mm. that is so that if they need to cancel last minute, and I'm not saying I get it, people and it and I'm not saying but it becomes easier for people because, oh well, this is you know, this isn't your main job. I mean, mm, you know, yeah, I actually yeah. heard this. Well, everyone's a podcaster. And I'm like, no. sure. And it, and it was funny because I actually was talking to Steven. I gave him wrong numbers. I said that it was like, uh, I said, I I thought it was like 18% of, of all podcasts have one episode and 24, 26% had three episodes or less. It's actually like mm-hmm, 24% mm-hmm. have one episode, 44% have three episodes or less. And I have over 300 just, or I will have 300 on just this one alone. And I've had two others during that time. So I, I'm well over 400. So I know that I'm, I'm at it for the long term. A lot of people say, oh, I'm going to do this. And they, they don't. And it's a challenge. Yeah. And that's one reason. Yeah. A, a re, another reason is, you know, the, the thing that makes my, my regular job somewhat easier to tolerate is I have a schedule there. And here, yeah. you know, I'm trying to figure it out. Oh, what's good for you? What's good for you? Instead of if I did this full time, I would be more like, hey, when, you know, and once again, not saying towards you because there are certain people I will just be like, you pick a time and I will accommodate anything you want. And I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But there'll be mm-hmm. other people like maybe for the first time, I may be like, well, I have these times available. Yeah. yeah. Instead of like, well, what's good for you? And then going, oh, well, I can do uh 10 p.m your time on a friday mm, you know mm-hmm. okay and i mm-hmm. will do it because you know i probably don't have anything else going on but once i i start just doing this and bobby and i have started looking at other places like i say currently my uh my studio is in our living room and one thing i hate is the only way for me to have this desk is the background is the sliding glass door and those blinds so if, the, so <laughs> right, if, right. So if it's open then a lot of times there's light that comes through and it, and it washes me out on the inside or i just have mm-hmm. those blinds so i can't really decorate so we've actually been looking at places where i can have a studio because a lot of people don't understand that you know they see the this the finished side of where the the subject right. is and the microphone or whatever, they don't see where all the cameras and the lighting and everything else and all the cords on the floor and everything else. So it, re- I really need that dedicated area because once I have that, 
then I'll feel more comfortable about video. I don't like doing video because of my background and being a photographer. It pisses me off because I know that someone will look at something once and if it's distasteful to them, they may never go back to that again. Kind of like in real estate, you know, you know, <laughs> if, if you drop the price in a house, they may not go revisit it because it was such a bad taste the first time. And, and that's mm -hmm. what I kind of feel. So I feel like once I get an appropriate background, then I can start doing video. Once I feel like doing video, then I can start learning more how to do the video and how to make sure I don't lose our audio. and don't Because that, that was a great show. That was on religion. And I thought that was yeah. one of the best shows I've done. I think it was over three hours long. And it was a it was a long one. Yeah, you know, I can't. I I stewed about that for days. Even the next morning, yeah. I woke up and it still said uh, loading audio tracks or something. It never mm. it never did light load them. I couldn't find them. I talked to customer support. They couldn't help me. It was it it was it was it was very tough on me because I've always found it challenging to do video anyway, and it has nothing to do with the really the technical part it's always been with the visual part that i haven't liked i haven't had the right boom the the mic sticks up in my face i don't have the right camera position i finally got some better lighting so mine was more visual than it was technical and then i fucking have these technical and, and so that ugh. yeah that's yeah what I to say about that yeah 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 but you go th you fight through it you keep going we keep going and uh you know although i do think that bobby and i were watching um i i will say i i've watched jeopardy for a long time a job that i used to have was on in the background when we when i were it was a video store so i'd always turn jeopardy on uh when it was okay. on and so i've always been i've been a long time uh, a member of high iq societies and i've always said i want to be on jeopardy my problem is i sometimes will get too full of hubris and i would click before like a question was, I, and you know, it'd be like when I was betting everything or, you know, uh, the daily devil or something stupid, I would make a stupid mistake instead of just saying, mm, yeah, in real life, I'm pretty good about keeping my mouth shut unless I'm a hundred percent positive. I have a feeling on mm -hmm. that because of the speed and everything, but it was funny. So we were watching a, um, an episode this week and, at the same time, Bobby and I were like, I said, I've done all three of those the same exact time. She said, you've done all three of those. So the the three contestants were a consultant, a risk manager, and a podcast host. <laughs> and I was like, I go once again. So now I'm trying to look for signs from the universe. I go, I think that's a sign. I've done all three of those jobs. All three of them are on Jeopardy. So... <laughs> Although I've met a lot of other podcast hosts, risk managers, and consultants, so that is not none of those are a qualifying factor in getting on Jeopardy. I will tell you that, though. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, I well, will hold I, on. I, I want to pitch this to you real quick. So once uh, okay. again, I, I've been talking about I need to monetize this, and I've been wanting to stay away yeah. from Patreon. Basically, because I was like, what do I have to offer Patreon? Because right now I'm not right. doing um, uh, I'm not doing videos, so I can't do special video shorts and everything. And so I was trying to figure out what it was. Right. So so on my uh, um, on Thursday when I had a gap, 
I started doing some research on Patreon and I was trying to think of, well, what could I give people at different levels? And I do have a whole bunch of unreleased shows that have just, that yeah. for whatever reason, uh, I ended up putting out something that was more timely. A lot of them are individual shows and for whatever reason, not like, I just wasn't happy. Sometimes at the end, and I couldn't tell you why, I'm just either happy or I'm not happy. I mean, that's how I kind yeah. of, I, yeah. that's how I feel at the end of a show. So I have unreleased episodes. Uh, I, I always wanted to do uh, discounts on merchandise. I could do video shorts on there. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, you know, uh, maybe discounted links to guest uh, websites and things like that. But the thing that I was going to ask you about a lot of times we'll talk before and afterwards. How would, I mean, right. and I would tell the people, but how do you feel about, because a lot of times we'll have conversations and then I'm like, oh, let's save that to the, for the show. And then right. not necessarily right. we're going to be part of the show. So I was thinking mm -hmm. that I could maybe start taking those so that people uh, could go and go, oh, let's hear what they talk about before and after the episode. So I didn't know, what would yeah. you think about that as a, because a lot of times we do have interesting conversation and we're like, oh, let's hold that for the show. And now we wouldn't, we wouldn't yeah. have to in that case. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I, you know, what I would pitch you is just to do, just book it as two hours or book it as an hour 45 and you do the first hour free and then you get into the deep stuff with the Patreon, you know, like kind of split it in some kind of way. Yeah. So yeah, include, include the, and, and include in that Patreon, the, the before and after recording or something too, yeah. but you know, do the, do the deep dive in the Patreon well, and it, yeah, like, I'll tell you, here's I, the I, thing I, that really the, when I started thinking about this is mm -hmm. uh, my before and after with Steven. So we we're just doing some yeah. catching up. And then I was like, you know, Oh, hold on. Let, let's wait until we hit record. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we did that. But then afterwards, I mean, cause I'm I don't give a shit what people know about me. I always say it's one of two things. It's either true. So it's true. And I don't care because it's true. Uh, or it's not true, and I don't care because it's not true. And once again, not going to explain to a fly why their shit tastes so bad. Uh, so yeah. I, I just don't worry about that. So, uh, you know, that raw emotion that came out, and I mean, I was just a blubbering idiot. And I was just like, and then thought, part of me was like, fuck, why didn't you say this when we were on the air, when I had recorded yeah. it? I mean, you know, then everyone yeah, could have yeah. heard that too. But no, I mean, and it, it was just something personal to me, and it did not, no one need to well, now that I've told everyone, everyone's heard about it. But, I mean, yeah. it wasn't everyone's for that. But, you know, like, I, I thought that would be an interesting also so that people could see. Sometimes there is a raw – and I don't mind that. I mean, I don't – Yeah, I think that – I think people are more interested in that. Yeah. I, quite frankly, I think that people want to hear raw moments. They want to hear reality. They want to hear what people are really thinking. And and I think I think that's one of the great things about this show is that – that's that's what you do so well is you're just kind of off the cuff you you're 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 not uh you're you're doing a character in a sense but it's a very real character if, right. if that makes sense you know it's like you 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 have a good you you're you got a broadcaster voice but you're talking about real emotions and and that's something people i think like um because they want to just hear off the cuff stuff. I think in general, people just want to hear people talking, I think on and podcasts and they just want something in the background to listen to. Right. And if it's, and if it's totally, you know, NPR rehearsed, uh, you know, back and forth kind of interviews, it, it doesn't have the same impact I think as what you do, which is just kind of a more, you know, 
you know, not not to compare it, but what you do is a little bit more like what Joe Rogan does. Yeah, yeah it's it's just more like people just talking in a kind of unprepared way. And there's very there actually is very little of that in mainstream media, uh, and, and even and even in podcast media. I think the the trend in podcasts is is more scripted to kind of script not necessarily scripted, or, but just kind of orga, organized. You know, more organized right. and and less kind of off the cuff than what you do. And so I think, uh, there's, I think there's a market for it. I think, I think obviously people like it. That's the biggest compliment I think I get from most guests is afterwards, especially if it's the first time I, I don't think I've ever had anyone even be kind of indifferent, like, Oh, thanks. That was good. Or just hang up or, or what everyone mm-hmm. said, Oh man, I really enjoy it. Cause they get it and you just start talking. And I, I, I try to tell the first timers that, you know, we may be talking about a story and we may go off on a different tangent and never return to that story. And I, and I always tell them because sometimes that'll bug people if they think about it. And I'm like, it just means the story that we went to was more interesting than the story that we're on. So it's okay that we didn't come back. And if we do yeah. come back, that's yeah, good. Exactly. And sometimes that's why I think it'd be good to have a co-host and, or a producer so that they could be like, you know, they could hit the, you know, Hey, remember you were talking about man, baby 45 minutes ago. And then you went and talked <laughs> about all this other stupid stuff. So sometimes I yeah. feel that, but, but, People have always said, oh, that was just, that felt like just a good conversation. And I've had people yes. that are like, oh, well, you know, this is a very common one. Well, how long are your podcasts? And I go, well, generally they're one to four hours. Now I actually say two to four hours. But I remember yeah. explicitly telling someone, well, they're one to four hours. And this person said, I choose one. And I go, well, that's not how this works. And I go, I, I go, we'll just play it by ear. So at the hour yeah, and 20 yeah. minute mark, I go, Hey Rick, I just want you to know, remember when you, I reminded him of that story and he goes, yeah. And I go, we're at an hour and 20 minutes and you have not touched on the sub that, that you came on the show to talk about because, it just, because <laughs> right, we just started right. talking about all this other stuff and it just goes, yeah. even with Steven, cause he was kind of hard pressed for an hour. And so at an hour I'm wrapping it up, he goes, well, I can talk a little bit longer. And I really, I mean, as an interviewer, I appreciate that. Cause a lot of people would be like, yeah. thanks for having me and go. And it was so cool to say, Oh, I can give you a little bit more time. And I, I mean, I, I, once again, I can't express to uh, my guests and now friends like you and Steven and others that I've had on that have taken the time to encourage me. Cause I told Steven that, his words before, I mean, that's why I ask him to be co-host as well. He has a, a great voice, a great mind, uh, uh, great stories, uh, but his encouraging words. I mean, it meant so much to me yeah. three years ago. It meant so much to me, you know, a few days ago because I did need a sign. I didn't want to quit. What I was, uh, I, I think what I, by saying I, I was quitting was me because Bobby knows this. I'm not very good at using my adult words sometimes. Me saying I want to quit mm-hmm. was really me saying I need a sign of someone saying you're fucking good at this. Continue doing that. And here's the thing that was weird because I try to make correlations where I can. I try to take stuff and I try to reconcile it or I try to hear. I always say listen to what people say because it'll tell yeah. you. And one of the things that uh, Stephen and I talked about this, we went to high school together and we used to have radio and TV back in the eighties. We actually had, mm-hmm. I mean like a big fucking on a tri wheeling tripod, like a literal 
TV camera. I mean, huge. Yeah. Like what they use in studio, studio cameras. Yeah, yeah it, studio I mean, cameras. I, it was the first time that I was told by the principal not to cuss to the whole school. Yeah. Not the last time, but the first time because I was on there and I forget my mic was still live. I was because we would do the lunches. So we would do the radio yeah. and we would do the, the lunches and play music and do, do all that. And it was a lot of fun. And I, I heard multiple times in my years of doing that. They always go, you have the voice for ra- you have a voice for radio. And it's funny because when I think about it now, it was always you have a you have a voice of radio. Not (laughs) for radio is of radio. And I kind of never clicked until Steven said that again. I had some other, my neighbor, Tom is, he's a, he's a huge, at least the way it comes off to me, a huge fan of the show. I very appreciate all the work, kind words he says. He listens to every episode and he said that I have a voice and I never thought, I was thinking back then that they were saying, Oh, you have a good voice for radio. Hey, you listen to Casey. What you know? And I thought that <laughs> it was the literal vocalization that they were talking about. Like, oh, well, you uh-huh. have a, you have a better vo- voice than most for radio because that's was the prime medium back in the day. And and I never really thought of they were saying what well, maybe they were saying even at that stage you have a voice that when you talk it's. Just different, because uh, Tom said that. Yeah. He, go, he goes. Yeah. He goes. Most people, I want because even on solo shows, I used to hear this all the time. That people would be like, "I usually this," and I, this is like a backhanded compliment, maybe or maybe just a full-on compliment. They would say, "I usually can't listen to people uh, by themselves that just talk for an hour or two. because that's what a lot of mm-hmm. my shows were early on before I started uh-huh. having guests on. They were just solo shows. And I would ramble right. on for an hour or two, and it was surprising how many people would listen. I think they yeah. just—I just—they think they wanted to see where the train wreck was going that particular day. And I did say, I think, in the very first episode that I thought that at least, if not all of the catalog, a portion of the catalog would be used in some sort of court case against me at some point. So they may be just <laughs> trying to listening in to see what I'm doing for that particular day, but. Um, no, I uh, I I love doing what I'm doing. It's uh you know I I know that uh, you have other things going on than just writing, and I know that you said when you were doing Man Baby that that was you you were shooting when you all had time and when the the cast and everything yeah. put together, correct? Yeah, yeah, very very kind of similar kind of thing. When we were making Man Baby, it was uh, I think we sh- we shot continuously for only one month um back in i guess that was 2013 i think right. is what we've discovered um so back in you know this is almost you know 10 years ago now or it's over 10 years ago right um yeah when we were we, we were we, we were we had a month in the house so we shot all the stuff in the house for a month and i think i, I took a month off work or I, I i finagled some kind of deal with with where i was working right um and uh and, you know, the actors were all had to work, too. Um, so we were like kind of working around their schedules. But it, but I, but I was totally free, you know, for this month, I think is what it was. And we had and we had the house for the month. And so we just shot, you know, I, I just shot whenever we could, um, you know, ba- kind of based on that. And, and then after that, yeah, like after that, it was just all weekends and all nights and weekends and that kind of thing. It was all we were all working full time again. Yeah, and it's so, exhausting yeah, because I know you never the, have any time. It is off. exhausting. 
And you know, yeah, people are yeah. like, because then your regular job is like, what well, you have two days off. And it's like, no, I don't. I mean, literally last no. Friday, yeah. I, I actually, uh, I had a, a guest cancel on Thursday or postpone reschedule on Thursday. And I was going to text them on Friday to see if they were available. And Bobby's like, why? Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. You're exactly right. Why? Why? I mean, I, but that's what I'm thinking. To me, I'm yeah. like, I have an open time. I feel like if I'm not doing something with the podcast, if I'm not writing notes, looking for guests, researching guests, doing something that I'm not moving forward. If I'm not researching yeah. Patreon, if I'm not figuring out how to be a better videographer, all these different things. And so I just, I don't. And it's also not fair to Bobby. So are you familiar yeah. with the TV show, Dave? Uh, no, I'm actually not. I okay, don't know Dave. so Little Dicky, I don't. Uh, Dave Bird, I think is his name. Um, uh -huh. So it, it's uh, It's you can look him up on YouTube, but I think the show's on Hulu or FX, and it's very good. So he's a rapper, and it actually I think is chronicling his real life. And there's a lot okay. of things that go on. It's interesting because Bobby and I. Uh, just binged the first season and watched it in about a day and a half. I think it was 10 episodes. Um, Cause we did have, I know that that we should have been able to binge that like in an afternoon, but we are adults. Ah. So we do have other things going, do have other things going on <laughs> as well. Um, but a lot of the challenges that is in this TV show, I either find myself having or, feel like I'm going to have. Cause I told Bobby, like when he gets signed, I'm like, I'm going to have to like, have like other people involved in this, like a manager or a, you know, produce, I'm going to have to in, in like, to me, it's not overwhelming, but it's just like, that's not my forte. Yeah. All. Yeah. Literally yeah. tell, I mean, me, that, tell yeah. me who, and what time, and that would be, I will fucking make someone a billion dollars. I know that's not a real number, but let's just say <laughs> it was. I will make someone a billion dollars if you say, uh, show, this is who you're talking to. Come up with any questions you want, any background you want. Uh, you're recording at this time. I'd be like, fine. I am all over that. Yeah. And it would be the yeah. best fucking show because I wouldn't have to worry about anything else. Right, so. right. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's very true. I mean, you, 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 I think I, I hear a lot of similarities in what you're talking about with me and it's true, you, you, but you can't do any of these creative things. You really can't do them on your own. I mean, even if you write a novel or, right. Or, you know, write something solitary, you know, you, you need other people to, to kind of make these things uh, get to other people you, because you are making them for other people. I mean, you're, you make them for yourself, but you also are making them for other people. So, right it's important to know that and, you know, be open to, to meeting others. Like, like, like we met, uh, I, I struggle with that completely. Just, just like you're saying, like, I definitely struggle with, you know, I, I really want complete control of the movie. This actually, this actually relates to the screening, uh, you know, coming up in Brooklyn, the, uh, folks who are doing the screening for us, uh, I'm going to be talking to them on their podcast tomorrow. Um, I don't know the name of that podcast. I'd promote that too, but I, I don't know the name, but, um, but they, they're asking for, they asked for uh, a more indie poster for man, baby. And I, 
I just internally groaned because like, I'm like, what, what, no. I, don't, I don't know what that means. A more, I, I, uh, you, I don't even know what it means. And, and this totally relates to what you're talking about. Cause it's like, you have to work with other people. And it's like, no, like I, we did the poster. The, right. This is my poster that I, you know, you know what right. I mean? I spent months on that fucking poster and like, but I can't totally be that way because I have to realize like, yeah, there are other people who are going to have to try to sell this and I have to consider them. And, I have to consider other people, um, but, uh, you know, just between me and you and everybody who's listening, I am not going to change the fucking poster, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that's, the poster. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's, it's, tough, but, but without these people, you know, hopefully they're not listening because I really still need to show the movie in New York. Um, and I'm sure they'll be fine with the poster that I give them because right. that is the poster, you know, I mean, just, Come on. Uh, what you meant is it's gonna be it's gonna be a totally different poster, and I'm winking right now. See, this is why we should be doing videos so that you can see that I was winking at you right now. You can see that you're winking. Yeah, but, yeah, and that's, yeah. It's, it's gonna weird. be a great poster. I'll have it the day before. And, and we'll have a new poster. That's what's interesting about that. I've known about this show, Dave, for a while, and we we're just trying to find something uh-huh. new. And but it, I, I find myself going through. I actually think. Ugh, I think Bobby would would I think I cried during a couple of episodes last time. I mean, I think I'm really emotional because of the strain that I'm smoking right now probably is ah. making me a little bit more lovey-dovey, a little bit more in touch with whatever, which is fine. I I don't literally don't have a problem, but I think what was making me so emotional is I was going through the same things. Like yeah. Even like like one of the things like sometimes Bobby will get I, I feel bad and I, I'm glad that we started watching this because it helps me identify because Bobby's never said anything like we'll go to watch a show on TV and she'll sit at the couch and I'll sit at the desk and we both see the TV and I can see her and she can see me and we're only six feet apart, but I'm generally sitting there so I can continue as I think of no because they'll just come into my head. And I'll just sit there yeah. and write them down. And I kept having to tell myself. And then it was hard because I'd be like, go sit. go. Why aren't you sitting with Bobby? Hang out with Bobby. I don't need to make notes right now. But then I'd sit with her. And then I was so anxious. So I was like, oh, I got to go write this down. And then I'd keep getting up and writing stuff down. So it's very hard. So I, I, I'm trying to figure out the managing of that. Because once again, Thursdays aren't that big a deal uh, when I have the free day to record because uh, Bobby's working. Uh, Sundays, my other full day to record can sometimes be difficult because if that's, once again, my normal thing when I'm telling people currently is I can record anytime on Thursdays, Sundays, and then any other night uh, after 7 p.m. And that's Mm -hmm. just a rule of thumb. So I will get a lot. Oh, Sunday will work for me. Sunday will work for me. And so I'll book up Sunday. Well, that's my only day off with Bobby, where we both have the day off to just hang out. And and I always know, because I love her more than anything, I always know how important that is. But until Friday, until I literally had nothing scheduled, and it came out of the blue, I, I think they said there was supposed to be a trace of snow, and literally it was... You couldn't see probably, you know, maybe a hundred feet in front of your car. The snow was blowing so hard. Yeah. So they, we weren't going to be busy. And so I came home and I just enjoyed 
hanging out with her because that I I I forgot how much I had missed that. I mean, because I guess mm. I did I didn't even know that I because I'm always like, well, I'm with her. She's right there on the couch. Right. I mean, if I stood up and leaned over, I could touch her. But it's not always the same, and so I'm having to ma- I'm having to manage some of those things. That when you are have a full time gig, but you have a passion project, uh, it's not just you that suffers sometimes. And I need to remember that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So all important things, all important things in making art and and being creative and, and doing these things for I sure. Know. But uh, yeah, so, so I'm I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 kind of pooping out here. I'm I'm I've been I had an emotional I've had an emotional week. When you talk about having these emotions, it's it's uh, I I feel for you. I feel like I'm all kind of cried out. I I I uh I had a I had a doozy of a day yesterday and a doozy of the day before that. So yeah. I'm so, I'm I'm kind of pooping out, but I understand. But it's been great talking. It and, is. Uh, and I, I hope it, people it will be will be talking and i i know you'll be back on the the podcast before uh we got a couple months before the screening uh yeah yeah so i because i would like to hear more about uh you know maybe when we're halfway there you know what the anticipation level's like like what what's the response like or or, are you you sold out at that point are you half just just kind of some updates i'll be interested um i probably made it sound like oh moderator it's something i've done that a gajillion times that's one of the fake it till you make it type things so yeah here's here's the best thing about me i'm not afraid to speak in front of uh people ever and i'm not afraid to fail um not that i would so and what what, we're gonna make it the best i mean i am so looking forward to this so uh yeah i think you're gonna be great i think it's perfect you know again 420 the stone genius as the as the host is it's kind of perfect yeah and uh i don't think there'll be too much uh, you know there's not too much to screw up it's it's pretty it's a pretty easy job um i think uh challenge accepted yeah, there's no, there's nobody I'd rather have do it, and I think it's perfect for the Stone Genius for the pod, you know, the podcast tie-in. I think that's really nice, and I think, uh, you know, you again, you'll probably meet some folks who are who are, who are interested in podcasts, and yeah. and I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be really cool. I'm really excited that we're getting to do it, and, uh, and excited and, and to meet in person. Again. Uh, so, that's, that's one thing we haven't talked about. We'll be meeting in person. We've oh, only met yeah. on these on the Zoom. So this is like really cool that there'll be like an in person kind of thing. Yeah. I and, feel, I, and, and again, video, that kind of relates I'm back do, to your, I'm going to be doing behind the scenes of that day. I'm going to do the yeah, trip. Yeah, I, that's I, what I'm saying for your for the Patreon. I mean, that's all kind of stuff that oh, you yeah. could, that you could put behind a wall and say, hey, we're you know do, you know, I don't know. Just uh, I'm sure you I'm sure you got. Ideas, See, I just had an idea. There's that would lots be of a, stuff there. That would be a great uh, logoed uh, man baby T-shirt where the the whole logo was just uh, Asa on the sleeve. So it looked like there was a little tattoo like where his sleeve was. Uh, and that would be the man yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. And it would really throw people off. Because it could say man that baby. They, they, I don't understand <laughs> the go. I guess you have to watch the movie, don't you? So. Uh, and that for people that haven't yeah. seen the movie, they'll, they'll understand this whole thing because that's another thing that I liked. It, it does bug me when things are blatantly obvious and then mm-hmm. they never do anything to address it. 
And because mm. I knew the actor's name and that he, his character was a different name, I was like, how are they going to address the tattoo? And that it was addressed and how it was addressed. I There you go. That's what I thought. He so loved it. I did. He loved that little turn of uh, turn of phrase. Well, it's, it did. certainly was easier to write a little line in than than digitally remove that tattoo, which right. uh, which we thought, which we considered. Really? At some different times. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's there's so, so many uh, digital there's so many little digital tricks in Man Baby uh, that we did to fix fix little things and ah, bump up see, we've little never, things. We've, we've never little... even talked about that, but that, see, that's what's good. That that's what will keep yeah. me and the audience coming back for more. So uh, keep keep coming back. Keep watching Man Baby. Watching it in Brooklyn uh, in April yeah. and uh, yeah, and more surprises. There's always more surprises in man, baby. That's for sure. Yeah. So I will provide the links on uh, social media, this episode, because it is so timely. We want people to uh, get their tickets sooner rather than later before they're all gone. Yes. Um, so that will be on April 20th at the uh, fine arts cinema. Was that the name? Uh, film. But, it's called the film. film noir. noir. Cinema. cinema film noir cinema. in Greenpoint. very very googleable yeah. they, they have good uh good seo you know if you just google film noir you'll find it and if you buy tickets uh you can buy them on manbabymovie.com or you can uh check our socials we're posting the link on the socials so if, they can, if anyone can comes with a man baby tattoo will they get any sort of discount i'm asking for yeah. a friend for a friend. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, well, that, that I was going to maybe pitch this in the next episode, but I'll, I'll just pitch it now while we're, while we're ending up, there is a code. There is a code word that, you, that any listener can get a free ticket. I'm not going to give that code out, but I'm going to give a hint. It starts with a capital S and it's all capitals. And it's, uh, let's see how many letters is that? That's, uh, six. Yeah, thank you. Six. It's a six-letter word. All you caps free, relating. No, no free tickets. <laughs> hey, if they can figure it out, yes. I, 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 I highly recommend if they can figure that so, that six six-letter word out. All caps relating to uh, the day four twenty. Right. They figure it out. Uh, free ticket is there. So let's see. Let's see who figures it out. Okay. Bro. I'm I I put the challenge to your audience. And you also uh, put it to him at the hour and 50 minute mark. I just want you to know that as well. There will well, be a, there is a large contingency of our audience that makes it through the whole way. But I do have do some they people, make it through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like uh, me and sex. Sometimes I don't make it till the end. Hey. Oh, maybe that, I'm not sure which one of those sounds that should be for Bobby. So, okay. So for everyone that's been listening, I know that you already know who the guest was. It was Tim Lytell. Tim is the award-winning producer, director, writer of the movie Man Baby, which I will have the pleasure of meeting in person, Tim, at the Man Baby screening in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and moderating our our special oh, yeah. stoned Q and A, yeah. our special I'm excited special 420 stone Q and A. I am super excited about that. I'm gonna have to. Start I even think YouTube. I even like thinking Q&As. I might be stoned. I think I'm thinking like I. I think we should maybe both be stoned for the Q and A. Maybe I... like that is an idea. That could be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, oh, and I just wanted to add in the yeah, I think I think I could write that if, off then on my. Ta- oh no, because taxes are federal, uh, so I probably couldn't. So never mind. 
if if um if they do have the man baby tattoo that's that's free as well so okay. i i did give them the hint the hint the hint for the coupon right. there's a hint out there if you're listening but yeah if you got the tattoo then definitely you're those are those folks are welcome too um yeah bring and, bring your friends bring your family i do, I do bring get your that mom. and i appreciate that my, my thing is out there for people supporting others uh small businesses yes. friends and things don't ask for discounts. Be like to me, like yeah. I, I have a friend who who owns his own car service, and I always have to fucking say I have this fucking dick that uh, works with him. If they know that you own car service, what would you charge him to do this? And they'll give me a price, and then uh, then I'm the customer because I I don't want to yeah, dis- I, yeah, I don't, yeah. don't want to I I just because we're friends I I want to support you because you're my friend and 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 not because you're gonna give me a discount. That's not why. of course. Uh, so, of course. So of course. if someone needs a free ticket because I know that times are challenging economic or uh, challenging times economically then uh, there are codes out there. There are things that you can do. I would not su- suggest spending hundreds of dollars on a man baby tattoo just so that you could get in free <laughs> to the screening. That may be economically counterproductive uh, for you and your bank accounts. Um, might be. Yeah. It might be. So, But, man, I am so excited. <laughs> so we'll have you on at least one more time. Uh, we got about two months before this happens. I'm excited. I'm also very nervous. Uh, I mean, I'm, more or less just because when when I've been in New York City before it was uh traveling for business and I didn't right the car service uh, the car picked me up at the airport it took me directly to my I always had car ser- I never had to do fucking anything and so yeah, now yeah, yeah. now that I'm trying to run my own little business as well I'm going to have to do everything so we're going to find out just how yeah. good of like travel agent i am how good i am at uh negotiating uh a new city and their traffic so so a lot of you're gonna do you're gonna do great it's gonna be great it's gonna be amazing new york's a great town everything's everything's real convenient i'm excited you're gonna gonna have a blast yeah Um, yeah it's gonna be great okay Uh, so for everyone so, listening to the program, uh, Tim Lyatel, award-winning uh, director, producer, writer of Man Baby, manbabymovie.com. Um, we're going to have it on our socials. Uh, if you need a ticket, there's some codes out there. They're also very economically priced. Uh, it would be a great uh, night, date night, fun night. It'll be 420. Yeah, that's a, that's a cheap that's a cheap night in uh, New York. You know, you go to a uh, you go to a AMC or a Regal in New York City. You're paying like twenty dollars for a ticket. Right. Man, baby's going to be I think what twelve. I think it's a twelve dollar ticket. Right. Super, super affordable, super fun. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, your New York audience can come on out on four twenty. Yeah. Love to see him. Love to meet him. I wonder. See, and this is now going to be start me thinking. Is do, I think they have weed delivery in New York. So then could we yeah, fig- then they, could we they, figure out delivery to the theater <laughs> where are the patrons that are going so that it's not just you and I getting high before the 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 screening or after the screening that everyone yeah. can enjoy that because I will tell you that a lot of times it will make questions more enjoyable. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll figure that out. We'll, yeah. we'll, I I I'll look into that. You know, there was delivery of weed even when it was illegal actually in New York. I remember that was a I actually made a film about that. We can we can talk about that on another show. There we go. I uh, I made a 
I made a movie in college about that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm excited. Yeah. I Take care of yourself. I'm excited. Hope Take everybody care of your family. Out. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, Ro. I'm, so, yeah, I'm sorry thank that you're you. going through the what you are and, uh, and, and just take care of yourself. So thank you so much thank for you. taking the time, uh, especially during this yeah. time that you're going through for being on the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. I, I, I'm a gigantic fan. I know that uh, there's a big fan base uh, with our audience as well. So, And we'll see how many of them are in New York City. So I, I've already reached. I told Stephen. Uh, I've told Sean Wickens. Uh, there are going to be some pe other people I'm going to reach out to. So I, I'm also going to try to get that because once again, as an adult, as doing this program, I have the benefit, just like you said earlier, your your New York family is a chosen family, uh, and that's mm -hmm. how I feel about you all. So uh, what what better way to enjoy family than to spend it together? So I'm hoping that I will. I would love to introduce you to Steven and you to Sean and vice versa and everything, because uh, the, the, you guys are all vitally important, not just to this podcast itself, but to me as a person. So I appreciate that. That's great. That's okay. great to hear. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Everyone else, thank you for listening to the program. My name's uh, Ro. I'm the Stone Genius. We just talked to Tim Lytell. I will talk to you all later. Have a good one.